Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. Just as we've sung about the worthiness of Christ and him being the cornerstone, I wonder if you could just take 30 seconds where you personally, individually, if this is a meaningful moment for you, that you would just recommit your life to Christ for the coming year. Maybe you've had your ups and downs through the past year. Maybe this is a season of returning for you. Maybe this is just a time where as the calendar year changes, it's a great opportunity to express or renew again our commitment to Christ. Would you just take 30 seconds, verbalize it, whisper it under your breath that he's worthy of it all, including your life, the fullness of your life. as we approach a new year there is extra reflection that goes into how we consider things for many things in life uh, we're very happy to see some things move into the rearview mirror and happy to see other new things through the windshield one of the things that I think is so wonderful and profound about God is that what we see of him in the rearview mirror we can anticipate of him as we look through the windshield. I want to read something for you from Psalm 145. When each of our four children were born, one of the things that I felt I had a, an opportunity or a responsibility in was to just ask God, is there a passage of scripture that you have in your heart for this child? And when Lucy was born, this was the passage that came to me from Psalm 145. It says this, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and he's rich in love. The Lord is good to all and he has compassion upon all that he has made. Now that may sound familiar to you as you heard me read it. You've maybe thought, I think I've read that elsewhere, not just in Psalm 145. And if you thought that you're right, the same kind of phrasing appears at least eight times in the Old Testament. And when we observe God made flesh, Jesus walking the earth, what do we see in Jesus? Jesus is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. Jesus is good to all and he has compassion upon all that he has made. Friends, if that's in the rear view of our faith, 
It's also in the future of our lives and our eternity. The faithfulness of Jesus is in front of us. I want to pray over you that his faithfulness will meet you in meaningful ways as we move into a new year together. Father, we celebrate and we thank you for the greatness of your love, your compassion, your mercy, your faithfulness to us. Father, I think as a church family, many of us find sort of a happiness to leave 2023 behind. Others, we find so many things to give you thanks for that we're anticipating all of that and more in the new year. Whatever our circumstances have been this year, we set our eyes on you, looking forward, trusting you that the same God who the Old Testament praised with such rich words like the ones I've read, the same God who walked this earth 2,000 years ago and exhibited for us what this compassion and mercy and love and faithfulness looks like, the same God is with us as we move into 2024 together. I pray your blessing, your reassurance, your hope, and your peace over each person and every family represented in this room and by people here today. And I pray this in the strongest name, which is yours, Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, this is your last chance to greet people before it's a new year. I mean, in a formal churchy kind of way. And so why don't we take a moment just to turn Well, it's good to be together. Thank you for joining us today uh, in our single service. Next Sunday, we return to two services at 9 and 11 a.m. And uh, it's great to have everybody together. I know that there would have to be some guests with us today who are here from out of town because you're still just doing the whole family thing so well through the holiday season, and we're glad to have you with us. If you're a guest with us and you happen to be from town, um, and maybe you're moved here recently or looking for a church family to belong to, you have questions for us, whatever it may be, go to our website anytime you like, cpclife.com. You scroll down, you'll find a button that says sign our guest book, and we'd be glad to get in touch with you, hopefully help you find a sense of connection or um, get you involved if that's what you're seeking right now. A few things just to make mention of. First of all is uh, year-end giving. Today is the final day of 2023, and some people give additional thought to uh, final gifts for tax-related purposes. Others, they've got special generosity goals or plans for their year, and so as you reflect on that, just a few things to outline. outline rather, Four things, uh, priorities that we're drawing attention to this year. Number one, our general fund. That is the main engine uh, that empowers our church financially and the operational side of things. And so if you don't know where to give, that's the best place for you to give on a regular basis when you designate gifts to our church is to the general fund. That empowers all the ministries that God has called us to. Secondly, we continue through the end of the year to have our Christmas outreach fund opened. And that uh, empowered many different things, like our Christmas Eve service. How many people were at one of our Christmas Eve services? Let's see your hands. Can we just say a big thank you to all the volunteers that helped? It was a great job. There was a lot of people very involved, many of them involved for all three services. That was a big stretch of time and a big commitment, but we had over 600 people together. There was a really great opportunity for people to experience the love, truth, and joy of Jesus that's known in a special way at Christmas time. And so we celebrate all that was part of that. One of the things I also want to just make mention of, since we're talking about Christmas Eve, 
is the great story that was shared of Randy and Nina's faith journey. We've made that story, that short video, available on our church's social media pages, and we want to encourage you. Uh, New Year's and the Christmas and holiday seasons are always a time of reflection for people. And there are many people that are reaching out for a sense of hope and peace. They're looking for something to build their life on in a steadier way as they head into a new year. There are many people in your circle of friends or sphere of influence who are pondering how life works. And sometimes it can be as simple as hearing somebody else's story. That can be a key piece in their journey towards their own faith in Jesus. And so I would encourage our church family to visit any of our social media pages, find that video, and share it on your own social media platforms. You just never know. In fact, this year I met somebody who's new to faith in our church family, and I said, where did this all begin for you? They have no Christian or faith background whatsoever, and they said, I was scrolling on Instagram, and I saw a video from a church. I had never seen anything like that before. It made me think. And then months later, they said, I found your church online, and I started watching your church online. And then months later, they found themselves bravely coming in on a Sunday to be here in person. I believe they're with us today as well. I won't single them out. But you never know what happens when you just share stories of what God does in other people's lives. And so Randy and Nina's story is a powerful one of real work that Jesus has done and is doing in lives like theirs right here in the Comox Valley. So I invite you to share those on your social media platforms. They're available today for you to do that. Okay, going all the way back to our uh, year-end giving priorities, general fund Christmas outreach. By the way, also I should have mentioned this. I'm so distracted, I'm sorry. On Christmas Eve, we gave away nearly 50, 50 Bibles to children. And uh, I think that was awesome, awesome. Thank you to all of you who helped give towards purchasing those Bibles, and I think that's a priority we'll endeavor to keep up. Third uh, year-end giving priority is missions. We've already met m many of our objectives this year, but as we continue to elevate this as an important priority, we only have more capacity to advance gospel uh, sharing around the world as well as bring real help to places like Israel and the Ukraine right now. And so consider gifts to missions as this year ends. And also our building fund. Some of you have seen signs posted a few places around our building saying, please don't come in here. You might step on a nail or something like that. We don't want you to do that. Um, we have several areas of our building that are being updated and renovated right now, which is really exciting. We want to continue to steward this building and property well for present and future ministry. So you can consider gifts to the building fund as well. We don't typically pray over an offering and we're not passing offering bags around, but I do want to pray over your giving this year and next year and God's faithfulness and provision for you for the coming year. Let's pray. Father, first of all, I think all of us join our hearts together in this moment of thanking you for bringing us faithfully through this past year. You've made a way, you've provided, sometimes very miraculously, for each of our lives. And we give you thanks, we give you glory, we give you credit for it. Many people have worked very hard. Many people have had new strategies or ideas in business or new opportunity. And Father, we give you credit for the one who supplies wisdom and insight and ability. And we thank you for it. Now as we move into a new year, we ask for your ongoing provision to our lives. That you would increase our capacities for generosity for your kingdom's purposes. Advance your good work here in the Comox Valley and around the world and use this church family 
and grow our hearts in the grace of generosity. We pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you grab your Bibles and turn to any place you think Pastor Trevor might preach from today. Let's prepare our hearts from the word. Just looking around the crowd here, looking at all these beautiful faces here. If you're a visitor, we'd like to welcome you. If you're visiting us online, welcome. Did you know that this is the last day of 2023? Who's excited for the last day of 2023? Put up your hand. Oh, only a few of you. It means that you've enjoyed 2023. Who's, in, who's looking forward to 2024? Put up your hand. All right, great things are in store, right? Well, I just want to say thanks to Vaughn and Lisa for leading and worship team. You guys always do such a great job. And, and I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, I don't know if this is Jacob's last Sunday, but Jacob, we really appreciate it. We love you. Uh, we're going to miss you as... Um... As Jacob move, moves on to Alberta, our, our loss is somebody else's gain. So uh, thanks for just being so generous in your time and your, and your skills and your talents and doing that so well here at our church. This morning, my message is uh, titled, Living the Best Life. Now, who, who likes to live the best life that they possibly can? Put up your hand. All right, so for us to be at your best... What, what, would, would, what would have to be entailed in living the best life? Now, I'm, I'm, I've been a, a kids and youth pastor for 20 plus years. I, I like some group involvement. So I, I, want, some, I want some input from, from our crowd, especially the, the, the crazy crowd that I was sitting by in the back there, all right? Now, a bunch of nice ladies. So you guys aren't crazy, okay? They are. No, they're not. No, they're not. Uh, so what are some things that, that if you say, hey, you're living your best life, what are, what are some things that, that would have to be happening? Come on. Sure. Eddie. Health and, Health and fitness. Okay, great. Anybody else? What? Thank, being thankful. That's great. Anybody else? Joy. Joy. Okay, just, just speak it out. Believing. Believing. Happiness. All right. Anybody else? Okay, I didn't understand that, but that's okay. All right, so we've got a lot of great stuff. Here's another question. What, what do you think helps others to be at their best? Encouragement. What else? Chocolate. Oh, that's a great one. All right, come on. Hey, you know what? This is actually a great Sunday for, to, to preach on. I know this is like, you know, the associate... Uh, you know, most associates preach on, uh, or, or, or uh, secondary staff uh, preach on these days. Uh, the, the, the end, the last Sunday is always a, always a good one. People are in good spirits. And today, you know, as, as we celebrate New Year's Eve, uh, it's just, it's a good day, right? So when, we, when I say what helps others to be at their best, it's probably the same as what we would want, Right? What, what makes us be at our best? You know, health, fitness, encouragement, thankfulness, all those great things. And do you think there's a confidence deficiency among adults? Yeah. In London, according to a new survey, the average adult needs 16, 16, everybody say 16, 16. confidence boosters 
a month in order to feel their best. Would you, would you agree with that statement? 16. The, some say 30, that's right. Let's go 30. And the poll of 2,000 British adults reveals the biggest confidence raisers include getting a compliment or general praise, achieving an unexpected goal, making someone, uh, making someone laugh out loud. I like that one. Um, around my house, it can be a little bit difficult at times. Because uh. they're tired of my jokes, right? Most dads would get that. Wearing their favorite outfit, answering quiz show questions, getting a compliment on their smile, and receiving a friendly smile from a stranger can also give them a lift. So that's found in studyfinds.org, right, for the reference. So 16 confidence boosters for someone to be at your best. Let's remember that, all right? So in my Bible readings, I was going through First Thessalonians. That's kind of a tongue twister for me. I don't know why. Thessalonians. And I came across this awesome list in my study Bible called the Checklist for Encouragers. And let's bring, let's bring that list up. And I don't know if it's... Okay, it's... So here's a list of, of 16... Isn't that, isn't that crazy? We have 16 confidence boosters for someone to be at their best. And at the end of 1 Thessalonians 5, we see a list of 16 things that Paul writes to uh, this church, okay? In, Thess- in Thessalonica. So 1 Thessalonians 5 has some great content that I believe that we can be encouraged to live by today as we head into 2024. Who's with me today? All right. Only five of you. Okay, great. So as believers, we have a lot to be thankful for and appreciative for. Am I right? And as I look ahead to 2024, I want to be known as a person that spurs on others in their faith. And I want to be a person that helps others to feel at their best. Who's with me? I hope that you would, you would feel those same things in 2024. I believe that others in this room would feel the same. You know, I've coached, I've coached in, in public schools for over about 20 years in, in volleyball and basketball, and I've noticed that players play their best when teammates, uh, parents, and fans are encouraging them. Who would agree with that statement? Yeah, churches like that too. A church can be at their best when we care. That's right. A church can be at their best when we care for the people. We can actually care for the people that we sit with. To do life with, to worship with, to eat with, to be a part of life groups with. Can we even become a better church of encouragers? Even though we're doing good in this area, there's always room for improvement as a collective and as individuals. The context of 1 Thessalonians, as we, as we dive through here, it was during a time where all first century Christians came face to face with mortality. And many Christians were losing their lives due to those um, hating anything to do with Christ. They were facing mass persecutions and Christians were persecuted harshly by stonings, by beatings by crucifixions, by torture and death. 
And to be a follower of Christ meant to give up everything. Don't we have it good here in Canada? Wow, that's, that's lacking, guys. Don't we have it good in Canada? That's right, that's right. To be a follower of Christ meant to give up everything. And, during, and Paul, during his second missionary tour, he wrote this letter to the young believers in Thessalonica. It is a letter of love and praise for them in their faithfulness in dealing with all the persecution and hatred and remind them that they have the hope in Jesus, that they can have hope in Jesus. Hope in Jesus. Aren't you thankful that we have hope in Jesus today? As I even look in in this past 2023, and maybe some of you would agree, I couldn't imagine uh, going through the things that that I went through in 2023 without the hope of Jesus. I want you to remember that church when things happen this year that you have hope in Jesus, that you have people around you that care for you and love you. At the end of this letter, he gives the Thessalonians a handful of reminders on how to prepare themselves for the second coming. And this is where we're going to park this morning as we also prepare for Jesus' coming, don't we? As we read and dissect, we need to pay attention to practical advice that Paul has for Christian living. There's such great, rich content in this, in this uh, scripture, in this text. So let's go to chapter 5, if you can all follow along with me. Let's go through the scripture. We'll stop, examine along the way. So Paul is talking about the coming of the Lord and the Lord will come unexpectedly and we need to be ready. Are we ready, church? Are we reaching out to those that we care about? Are we living the missional life that Jesus desires of us, wants from us? If not, the best thing about New Year's is new beginnings. Am I right, Lisa? Are we praying for courage in our hearts to be bold about our love for Jesus? We need to realize that as believers, our goal is not just heaven, all right? Our goal is not just heaven, but heaven's going to be great, isn't it? We have work to do here in the Comox Valley. Our job is not done yet. We have work to do in the Comox Valley, in our neighborhoods, at our work, at our hobbies, in our teams, in our families, in our high schools. We have kids here today, which I'm super excited about, in our elementary schools as well. We have kids in our kids' ministry, in our, in our Thursday uh, after-school program that are inviting their friends to come to our Thursday uh, after-school kids' club. And we're, and we're teaching them about Jesus. Pray for these kids. And these, these kids are the, the best witnesses out there. Am I right? As Christ believers, our work is not done till our death or until Christ returns. And let's read 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 to 24. Dissect it. And then I'm going to talk about how we can apply it. And then we're going to go out into... Uh, Comox Valley, and we're going to enjoy the last 12 or so hours of 2023. Are you guys with me? All right. Let's give it all we have here. So let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. And you'll notice 16 things here, and then we're going to talk about them. So encourage each other and build each other up, 
just as you are already doing. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one pays back evil for evil, but will always try to do good to each other and to all the people. Be joyful. 17, never stop praying. Isn't this great content? 18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls is faithful. He who calls is faithful. The first encouraging point here is to build each other up. I love this one. Encourage one another, build each other up, just as you're already doing here. Paul is giving this unconditional pledge to strengthen even those in the weakest of faith but also it can build up believers as well. The Greek word uh, oikodomite means to build up, and it became one of Paul's favorite ways about writing growth in the church. And if you've, if you've attended this church over the last previous, whatever, year or two, three years, four years, or for myself, six years, you've noticed a, a tremendous amount of growth, haven't we? A lot of things are, are, are happening exciting things. And here, the growth, he's talking about the growth in the church is just, it's for individuals and for the collective growth in the body of Christ. So how can we do this in our context? If we look around this room, if we look around this room, pray that God will show you someone to encourage, to build up, to reach out to, to pray for, to listen to them, to be present in a need. And I want to read you this text I received uh, from someone here in the church. And it just helped my day go from a 5 to a 10. I don't know if you guys ever get these emails or messages just from people randomly and just saying, uh, just so, something to shows that they appreciate you. Anybody get these kind of messages? Nobody? We need to do this more often. Look around. There's only a few hands here. I want to read you this text I got somebody from our church, and I won't... I won't um, tell you who it is, but it says, Hey, Trevor, if I don't see you before Christmas, best wishes to you and your family. I respect you greatly for facing the darkness and walking into the light of God's grace. Keep looking upward. God has great things in store for you. Thanks for being a friend. That's from somebody in the church. That made my day. A, a, a text, a heartfelt message. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, even when I was on my break, if, I know if, if you're brand new here, I, I took a, a leave, and uh, I, would, I would get these cards once in a while, and those things would, would really uh, even pick me up, right? Um, 
if, we, if, if you think about maybe God's putting people on your heart, do something about it. Send messages to people. Send texts. It's really quite easy. And I'm so thankful for this individual. I love this guy who said this, right? What, what great words. Here's a person that helped me to be at my best. And we don't know what others are facing on a day-to-day grind. If God puts people on your heart, send them a quick message. Saying, hey, praying for you. I don't know what's happening, but you know, God's, God's with you. I remember this story. A, a pastor from Victoria was, was sharing at a youth conference. And, and he was talking about uh, this one girl who, was, who got bullied a lot in her, in her, in her class. And uh, he said, one day, I don't, he's like, I don't know why I did this, but I said, hey, how's your day? And to him, it was no big deal, but to her, it played such a significant role. He later messaged, or later said to him, why did you say that to me? That day, I was actually planning on killing myself, committing suicide. A simple text can actually change someone's life, literally. A simple, hello, how are you doing, right? We, um, high schoolers, um, high school can be a tough place. We do see those, you see those people that, that are having a hard time, ones that are bullied. How about we reach out to them to encourage them, to say hello, you know, maybe be the person that, that would say, the only person to say hello to them. It's easy, a simple text can save someone's life. Number two and three I want to put together, and, it's, it, and it, I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor and I'm in leadership here at the church, but Paul is saying it, so I can say it here. Uh, verse 5, uh, 12, and 13, it says, Acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Number two and three is honor your leaders. Number three is to show leaders great respect. Here Paul is referring to those that are in leadership of the church. And what are ways that we can honor and bless those in leadership? To support, to love, to pray, to work with, to express appreciation and share how they have helped you in areas of your life. If you don't say anything, maybe your leaders have no clue that they have made a difference. Number four, to live in peace. Live in peace with each other. Paul is revealing that relationships were not at all what they could have been. And perhaps there was even a conflict between the idol and those that were, that were uh, uh, leading them. But no matter the conflict and situations, they were to be at peace with each other. But no matter the conflict and situations, they were to be at peace with each other. How can we apply peace here in our local context? Throughout the Christmas uh, story, we talked about family. That family can be dysfunctional and relationships with family, within family, can be difficult. And sometimes even we struggle to find peace within ourselves. am I right? Church is very similar to family where there's imperfect people led by imperfect people and there's imperfect relationships. And Pastor Mike mentioned on Christmas Eve that Jesus gives you the ability to have peace for yourself 
your circumstances, and your relationship. Thanks to Jesus for that. We should strive to have peace with each other regardless of the situation. And, and, and sometimes we need to have hard discussions to get to that point, don't we? I've had to do that. And God showed us with giving us Christmas that Jesus was the gift of peace. Jesus is the gift of peace. Let's strive for peace in 2024. Number five, to warn the lazy and disruptive. Warn those who are idle and disruptive. And Paul was noticing uh, some unbecoming behavior that was, that was, that was already seen in, in, the, in the Thessalonians church. And not that we notice this being a, a problem or a concern in our context, not to my knowledge. But if you hear things, address it, right? In person with a friend, uh, maybe even with leadership if it has to, if it goes further. But there are times in my life where I've had people gently speak into, into something they, they noticed that wasn't, wasn't 100% right. And that was hard, but it, it's meaningful, and I've had to do the same thing. We should want to grow, shouldn't we? But when we do that, we do it in love, right? Remember that part. We do things in love. Number six, encourage the disheartened, the timid. Encourage the disheartened. Words of comfort. Sometimes people need words of comfort, don't they? They need words of comfort. Here are individuals in this context that were saddened and disheartened by by their family, by losing uh, people in their life that they cared for, by the loss of friends, losing their lives, dying for Christ. And Paul's telling this church that they need to look out for one another to care for each other in their grief. Now, I love the heart for our church when unfortunate things happen to people. I love the heart. You know, we've got this meal train that goes around, and, and uh, Karen Beidel, if Karen's around here, is Karen? Oh, the one Sunday she decides to skip. She's not here. <laughs> we love Karen. So many meals that go around because of her leadership and gathering people uh, and, and caring for those that are going through grief and loss and, and struggles. I have been a, a recipient, my family has been a recipient of, of a meal train. I don't, I don't want to ask you to put up your hand, but um, it's, we've been so appreciative of that. And we have a benevolence, that, a benevolence fund uh, group that gives out thousands of dollars to those in need in our community and our church. Those are things to be praiseworthy for, am I right? This is a way we can encourage the disheartened. Can you cook? Join the meal train, right? Talk to Karen Beidel, phone the office. What are some ways that I can help in helping those that are in need? Number seven, help the weak. This is definitely a comment that was related to those who are struggling with moral and spiritual uh, debility. And during the time we're facing major persecution, temptations, but those of strong faith were responsible to those who had uh, a weaker faith. If you consider yourself one that is strong in your faith, and this is just a challenge to those individuals, who are you mentoring? 
Who are you reaching out to? Who are you spending time with? You know, growing up, I, always, I didn't always appreciate my parents in a way of how like, my parents were pastors. Our, our home was always a home that was open to everybody, right? And uh, we didn't always have our privacy. And growing up in a small town, I, I, I had a, a great glimpse of what ministry would, would look like. And I didn't appreciate this all the time, but the one thing my mom did was she would have uh, other ladies intentionally that she could help and encourage and disciple, help them to become uh, uh, good mothers and, and just to pray for them and encourage them. And uh, she did inner healing in her house. And it wasn't always pretty in her house, but the one thing I, I really appreciate about my, my mom is her care and love for people. Who can we intentionally reach out to? You know, there's an individual that I spend uh, time with uh, each month in either coffee, a walk, a hike. Somebody that I can, I can encourage and talk to. A guy that was once close to Jesus and now he's far away from him. This is my opportunity that I can, I can uh, just, just chat with him. Is there people in your life that you could do the same to? And make that difference. I hope that one day my efforts and my, uh, my time will, will, will see great things happen. Because of I believe that, that that's what God wants me to do. Number eight, to be patient with everyone. To sum up these previous three commands, Paul comes up with this, this fourth general one. To be patient. And it pictures the even tempered response of one who is slow to anger. One who is slow to anger. All Christians at least once will do something that will provoke dissatisfaction through thoughtless or even unintentional acts. And how do we respond? I remember I, I, because I coach, um, I don't always agree with refing, right? I don't always agree with refing. If we have any refs here, I'm sorry. Um, I remember um, as I was refing my, my son when he was in grade 10, I think it was, and we had uh, Owen, Owen, Fields, uh, Owen Field uh, on the team. And um, one thing I didn't realize, uh, if we all know Marilyn, Marilyn's like the paparazzi, likes to take pictures. And anyways, she would take these action shots. And one day she sent me these pictures uh, after the game. And I was like, oh, these are cool. These are cool pictures. And then all of a sudden... Uh, uh, she gets to a picture where, where I'm getting upset with the ref. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it up there. It's quite embarrassing. Uh, I don't get embarrassed about much, but here I was. I was very passionate about the play, and I didn't like the call. And, <laughs> and here, my body language was, was not, it wasn't impressive at all. And it's funny because I'm coaching my, my daughter's, my daughter's, um, it's my daughter's grad year and wanted to be able to, to spend this time with her and coach, coach her team. And I'm always asking my wife, how's my body language on the, on the uh, bench? How's my body language when I'm talking with the refs if I'm not agreeing with, with them? <clears throat> we need to be sensitive to not hurt feelings. It's easy to do that. 
Number nine, to resist revenge. Number 50, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus countered the thought of personal retaliation. He countered the thought of personal retaliation, an eye for eye, a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus proceeds to reveal God's real heart for our interpersonal relationship. Relationships. Do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them on the other cheek, right? If anybody wants to sue, take off your shirt and your coat. And by teaching this, Jesus separates the responsibility of the government's role as judge, but we as believers have the responsibility to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Forgiveness is hard, am I right? Probably the one of the most hardest things that we have to go through. Forgiveness is hard. It's challenging at times. And sometimes I have to choose forgiveness daily, right? Even the next day, the next day. The Proverb, Proverbs 25 tells us that we need to treat our enemies with, enemies with kindness and generosity. Isn't the Bible challenging, challenging to read at times? Who finds it challenging to read at times? We can be real like that, but I'm so thankful for God's word. So thankful for it. Number 10 is to be joyful, rejoice always. And when I look at this, I instantly think how easy it is to be joyful at, at when things are going good. Am I right? It's easy to be uh, it's easy to be joyful when we're with family, we're opening gifts, we're, we're having a good time, we're, we're playing jackbox on, around the, around the uh, living room, um, everybody's laughing and, and um, you know, opening presents and stuff like that, um, having a good meal together. When family is going great, when we're good friends, when we have those great times with Jesus, but Paul is actually telling us that we need to choose joy always. I'm convicted even saying this. James 1, 2 to 4 tells us to consider joy whenever we face trials of any kind because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. It is also a great reminder of how much we need Jesus when hard times happen, doesn't it? When trials and tribulations come, we can start to ask, why is this happening to me? I have, I have been like that. But let's change things and count it all joy that Jesus is in control. Let's count it all joy and, and remember that Jesus is in control. I remember I was invited over to a friend's house a few weeks ago, and um, this friend had um, this this friend had received um, some pretty grim um, health. Health, like notice from the doctor saying, um, "This is eventually going to take your life." And I remember, as I was, uh, I, I was invited over to this this man's house. Um, I, I was preparing of of me being the blessing to this individual, and I didn't know what was going to be, what was like, how the discussion was going to go. I didn't know any of that, but I was preparing for the worst. 
And I remember um, knocking on the door and right away it was like there was so much joy in this individual's life. And this, uh, this individual was, was living this out. And there I was the one who left um, edified and joyful and I was shocked. I was surprised. I was so thankful for that lunch. Trials make us stronger. And we need to understand that joy that the world brings is not the joy, the same joy that the Spirit gives. Am I right? Worldly joy or happiness comes and goes as often as the waves at point homes hit, right? We can't cling on to when we are in financial ruin or marital ruin, it's the Spirit's joy that remains with you through the long haul. The fruits of the Spirit is like a bottomless drink or fries at Red Robins. Did you like that, Clay? That's right. There is always an abundant supply. Even in the darkest of days, Jesus is with us. Emmanuel. Even in the darkest of days, Jesus is with us every step of the way. Always. 11, pray continually. Just about done, guys. Prayer is the best way to communicate with God. Everybody say, best. Best. Prayer is our daily opportunity for daily dialogue with our Creator. Our Father in Heaven. And it's so important for us. Prayer is actually mentioned over 250 times in the Bible. It must be important. Am I right? Four ways that daily prayer is important. It gives opportunities for us to share all our aspects of our life. How's our marriage going? How's our relationship with our friends? Our work? Our inner hurts? Our joys? Our concerns? Second, it gives us opportunity to say thank you to God for what he's done. Three, it gives opportunity for us to have confession of sin. D, or four, form of worship and obedience. It's a way of our worship. You know, I, I really, um, as Pastor Mike was talking about the video for Randy and Nina, I don't know if Randy and Nina are here, <clears throat> but um, there's a lot of parts to that video I really loved. How many of you uh, have seen the video? I want to encourage you to, to, to watch it and to share it. I'll, I'll share it um, as well. But there was, there was a line that, that um, Nina had mentioned, and she was talking about after losing a, a baby, um, that she prayed continuously, and she gave it to God. She gave her concerns, her things, her, her heart to God, and she prayed continuously. I love that aspect of that video. What are some things that are heavy on our hearts today? What are some things that are heavy, heavy burdens on our life? Are we giving those things over to God? Number 12, to be thankful. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Three commands or joys or prayers or thankfulness should always be in effect regardless of situation. This is easier said then done. Am I right? It's hard. And when, when we follow God with our lives, we'll find it easier to be joyful and thankful. 
The attitude is built on acknowledging our dependence on God, realizing a manual that God is with us wherever we go. Number 13, do not stifle the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. And this might have been a little bit confusing for you to read. And what does quench or stifle the Holy Spirit even mean? It means that we shouldn't ignore the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That we shouldn't ignore the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like a fire dwelling in all believers. Am I right? And Paul is cautioning uh, Paul is cautioning Christians to not suppress the fire of God's Spirit that is within us. And Paul said to Timothy to keep ablaze, to keep ablaze the gift of God that is within you. To keep ablaze. I want that ablaze in my, in my life in 2024. This fire represents passion and zeal, enthusiasm, power, purity. And in 2024, we want the Holy Spirit to move in us with such passion, zeal, enthusiasm as a church, don't we? As individuals, as a collective. To desire him more Desire his presence more in our life. I want more of that. Who wants more of his presence in 2024? That's right. Number 14, don't scoff at prophecies. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Here he mentions the gift of prophecy in verse 20, but we can think of other gifts of the Holy Spirit that maybe we are not open to today. Let's be a people that encourages all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For all of us have, for all of us to benefit the whole body in our church. Prophecy is telling forth of God's word. The giving the word from God is revelation and prophecy is a human channel for relaying it. As I was growing up, I was always nervous about my mother. I'm talking about my mother a bit. We just had my mother uh, visit for my mother and my dad, uh, for uh, six days. But I was always nervous growing up with my mom because my mom um, did have the gift of prophecy. And I was always kind of wondering, is she reading my mail right now? Is she reading, like, does she know everything what's going on? Because that made me a little bit nervous. And, and she was really, like, good about it. And she would, she would often just, like, write little notes to me, um, something that God was was speaking to her uh, about me, which is a really cool thing that God does, right? He wanted my attention so, so much that, that he wanted, that he would, he would have, get somebody else to, to share those things. And my, my mother still does that to, to our family members and, and to our kids and, and just really thoughtful and, and, and uh, good material at that time, good, good words from God. And saying this, we should test what is spoken over us, accept what is truth, and reject what is false. Number 15, to avoid every kind of evil. Reject every kind of evil. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. See, as Christians, we can't avoid every kind of evil because we have a sinful nature. And live in a sinful world. But we can make sure we don't give in 
to giving evil a foothold in our life. By avoiding tempting situations and concentrating on our relationship with Jesus. The closer we get with Jesus, the closer we get with Jesus, the more, the more it'll be that, that we won't fall into temptation. You know, sadly, I had two friends in, in ministry as I was a young pastor that had fallen into temptation. If it, ha- it could happen to them, it could happen to anybody. We need to avoid temptation, avoid sin as much as we can. And number 16 to close, we need to count on God's constant help. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Paul here is encouraging us that God needs to be a part of every aspect of our life. That God needs to be a part of every aspect of our life. Not just the spiritual component. Is he a part of every single part of your your life right now? As we look at this encourager checklist, which I'm so appreciative for, I hope you've I hope you've uh, appreciated this list. As we look at this list and you're going through them, what are some things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart about? And like I said before, a great thing about 2024 or it being New Year's, it's it's a great time to start new, right? It's a great time to start new. What are some areas that that you could work on with with your help from the Holy Spirit on this list? And what I want you to do is, as as the music's playing in the background, I just want you to spend a little bit of time with God, okay? And then I'm gonna give you instruction after this. But I just want you to talk with him, spend time with him, even go over this list. What are maybe, what are some things that, that God's speaking to you about? Let's take 30 seconds or so, okay? ask you to do something maybe maybe this will come across a little bit um, awkward but I want you to all stand <clears throat> I'd like you to all stand and I'd like you to get in maybe even family groups or if you're if you're single or you're here with another if you if you're in a couple if you could bridge up with another couple and what I want you to do is I just want you to pray for each other and encourage one another going into 2024. Can we do that as we pray together? We pray for each other as we head into 2024. 
And this is how we'll have Pastor Mike come. We'll have an end in a celebratory song. We'll enjoy the rest of 2023. But that's let's end together with prayer, okay? So join in with another couple, if you can. Get to know each other. Take another 30 seconds to wrap up your prayers with one another. seconds and then we're going to sing a song to conclude together. All right, let's all stand together again and uh, we're going to conclude by singing the song that we sung earlier today, Raise a Hallelujah. I'm a bit, I have a strange mind, I'm sure, but Sometimes I, everything I read in a song, I start picturing uh, literally, you know, the song, Draw Me Close to You. Sometimes I picture Jesus drawing, and there I am far away, and then he's like, oh, okay, and then it races, and then he draws me close to him, and that's nice. Um, so raise a hallelujah. I don't know if it's on a pulley, and we just keep lifting it higher, but however you want to raise your hallelujah, get it higher than you did the first time you sung it. And I said to Lyndon as we were singing, sing a little louder, I'm like, imagine if we had to sing a little louder every single time. So let's try that, okay? Here we go.
That's a hard song to end. May your year end better than that song does. And may you go into next year like the best song you can think of. God, we thank you for your faithfulness made known to us through Jesus Christ and the presence of your spirit with us in 2023. We have this hope as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. The risen living Christ goes with us into 2024. We depend upon you, Jesus. We proclaim this in your name, which is the strongest ever. And everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you and happy new year to all of you. If we have a few people who are part of our prayer ministry team, would you come forward and make yourselves available? As we leave today, there may be some people and what you're facing and going in toward next year with, you need somebody to pray with you about. And we would love to pray with you today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Remember, next Sunday we're back to 9 and 11. I'll bring us into a new series next Sunday. We can look forward to God's great work in our lives next year. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.